0: Welcome to Credits Due, the podcast where we break down an actor's filmography one movie at a time. I'm Ben Cron, and joining me today is Tyler Owen.
1: Mmm, sipping that succulent cactus juice.
0: <laughs> and Neil Potter.
1: Harrison
2: Ford is <laughs> the president of the United <laughs> States of America.
0: <laughs> and of uh. course, guys, that means that we are on part nine on our series on Harrison Ford, and we where we are, of course, discussing Air Force One. From 1997, it's directed by Wolfgang Peterson. It stars Harrison Ford, Gary Oldman, and Glenn Close. Um, and as always, we'll start with some film trivia on the movie, then dive into some box office, and then go into our full spoiler-filled discussion on the movie Air Force One. Ending with some final thoughts and recommendations, as always, uh, guys. This is a big movie, and we need an even bigger guest to help us out. All right. Now, I don't know why he's here. I don't know what he wants, but he will not negotiate. From the review <laughs> review podcast, it's Joel. Uh, <laughs> it's Joel Thompson. <laughs> Joel, welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Get off
3: of my plate! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to do it. I had to oh, do it, guys. I had legend. to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm, I don't really, I don't really like how Ben is uh, talking about my weight, saying I'm the biggest guest. <laughs> <laughs> Fat shaman as
0: always.
3: (laughs) Yeah, come on.
0: I can't stop it. I just no, guys.
3: Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm, I love it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank Um, you. So, uh, I believe you asked to be on this episode. Is that correct? Yes. Um, I did. Yeah. What are your? Do you have a history with Air Force One, or why did you? Why did you request request this specific movie?
3: I, I, you guys sent the list, like, uh, asking, like, me and Troy what uh, movies he'd want to do. And, like, the only reason I picked this one is because you guys didn't have freaking Firewall on here. <laughs> Dude, you guys do not know the wonders that is Firewall. Watching Harrison Ford try to say things he probably doesn't even understand for, like, an hour and a half is amazing <laughs> and he kills someone with a blender in it too oh, wow. why are we not I doing that do
0: yeah we might have to revisit it
3: <laughs> but no i i just love bad harrison ford movies and this one um excuse it's not, me <laughs> it's, i mean it's not i won't say it's it's bad but i have some things to say oh yeah it's, uh, okay oh. good
0: good um uh all right well welcome to the show uh Glad you're here, and let's get started. Uh, Tyler, you want to do some film trivia?
1: Sure thing. Yeah, every episode I put together four pieces of trivia about our main film, and then I make you guys figure out which one I made up completely. So uh, it's, uh, it's Joel, is that right? I think uh, you're... <laughs> uh,
3: that is close
1: enough. <laughs> okay. uh, you, you'll be starting out, so uh, make sure you pay attention and uh, okay. and okay. See, see if you can figure out which one is the fake. All right, number one. A Boeing 747 was rented from a Japanese airline and repainted as Air Force One at a cost of $300,000. Number two, Randy Newman's score was cut late in post-production by director Wolfgang Peterson for being too loud and blatty. He felt it was too serious to the point of being unintentionally funny. Jerry Goldsmith was hired at the last minute and had only 12 days to come up with an alternative score. Number three, when Hillary Clinton conceded the 2016 presidential election and Donald Trump came on stage as President-elect, the main theme music from this movie was played. God. At number four. <laughs> number four. Gary Oldman's chilling performance earned him the nickname Scary Gary during production because he would not drop character between scenes. Harrison Ford said he found the experience exhausting and that he may have let a few punches slip and actually <laughs> make contact during their fight sequence. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god None of All these right, can Joel. be real
3: <laughs> Joel, help see if you can pick it out for us Oh man um, I think I heard the Scary Gary One's true um, I don't know I'll go with the uh, The 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 first one, the one where they repainted the plane
1: Alright, for $300,000 Uh, Neil Oh shit, which <laughs> one do you think it was? <laughs>
2: Uh, let's see. I can see Harrison Ford being like, "I hate method acting. I'm gonna punch this guy right in his mouth." <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, oh God! I want to say the fake one is the Donald Trump one, just because All that right. seems like an easy one to make up. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Ben.
2: Uh, My rule of thumb is if,
0: if anything said about Donald Trump sounds fake, it's probably real. (laughs) Um, I want to go with the first one with Joel. I feel like, I feel like that's too low, Right. Planes cost way more money than that, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I will point out that I I did say rented, not purchased. Oh,
0: rented. Okay. Then let me change
1: it real quick. <laughs> um,
0: I'll say I'll say the uh the Gary Oldman one. I don't think he's a method actor. I think he's he's too good. He's too good to be a All method. All right.
1: All right, we'll we'll go down in order then. Uh, Number one, a Boeing 747 was rented from a Japanese airline and repainted at a cost of $300,000. That is true. Yes, it uh, was one of the largest expenses in the production, which is, I guess, unsurprising to rent an entire airplane and repaint it. Um, But yes, $300,000 to repaint a Boeing 747. Uh, Number two, Randy Newman's score was cut late in production. You guys all think that is true. Oh, shit. And it is. It is true. Randy Newman uh, originally scored this film, and uh, it was cut for being too loud and blatty. So are you saying <laughs> yeah.
2: that they were like, Sounds- they heard the Toy Story themes <laughs> and were like, this guy knows what it's at for Air Force One. <laughs>
1: So the funny thing is, uh, apparently some of the themes that he used in the production for this movie were recycled and used in Toy Story 3. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I'm on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so number three, when Hillary Clinton conceded and Donald Trump came on stage as president elect, he came out to the theme music for this movie. That is true. No! Yes. Uh, he came that, that sounds the like the theme a, song for Air Force One. That sounds like
0: a 30-second like decision. Like, oh, shit, oh, we right. need music. And it's like, oh, uh, what sounds presidential?
1: <laughs> and what can we use that uh, artists are not going to sue us for using without yeah. permission? <laughs> uh, so that means that, Ben, you picked it out. The ah. last one is not true. Uh, The only part of that that is true uh, is that he was given the nickname Scary Gary during production for his chilling performance, but he did drop the character between scenes, and Harrison Ford... Has said that this has been one of his favorite on-screen uh, villains to play against because it was so much fun between scenes. They had they were very cordial and very funny. The atmosphere on set was great, uh, <laughs> except for when he was actually playing the part and he became very scary. Apparently, <laughs> so. Oh well. Um, uh, but Gary Oldman did actually tell Harrison Ford to actually hit him during their <laughs> fight sequence. So I, I kind of mixed in some real with the fake there. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. I'm imagining that oh, that sneaky. must have been kind of intense. It's impressive. That's impressive. That is insane. Yeah. But hey, <laughs>
3: after
2: those facts, we're going to get into some box office news. We're talking about Air Force One, released July 25th, 1997, summer release. Hey, hey. And uh, rated our running time of two hours, four minutes. Now, this had a budget of $85 million. Some of that being the plane rented and repainted, I'm sure. Uh, it had a domestic opening of million, and has an all-time domestic release of $172 million, $315 million worldwide. Now, here's what I'm... Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Now, we're going to compare this to the other thriller that took place in an airplane this exact same year, oh, starring Nicolas Cage. Con Air had a domestic opening of $24 million, substantially uh, lower, but also had a lower production budget. Maybe they rented a cheaper plane. To- didn't have to paint it. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to paint it. Didn't have to paint it. Uh, but Air Force One did gangbusters over Con Air um, Big time, like almost, wow, like 70 million more domestically so far. Um, uh, 1997, though, was a good year for movies, I'd say. Uh, we have one of the highest grossing movies of all time in there, Titanic. Um, also oh, a Jesus. big year for Nicolas Cage with Face Off. Then we have also Goodwill Hunting, as good as it gets. Boogie Knights, uh, Gary Oldman with a good year, also with uh, The Fifth <laughs> Element. <laughs> uh, and then we had Austin Powers, Starship Troopers, Men in Black, oh. Batman and Robin. Holy cow. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, a year, 1970s.
0: No kidding. 1997.
2: And the uh, big one, Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. <laughs>
0: Oh my
3: Guys I miss the 90s I know <laughs> yeah.
2: Every yeah. time I run down these movies In the 90s I'm like this is just so Great this is so great I want to go Back and watch all of these and then One uh, ever
0: Actually uh coincidentally And I did not do this on Purpose I actually watched I watched this movie yesterday And I watched Austin Powers Immediately after it <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that they were released on the same year. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Great movie, guys. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I've talked about it before, so we won't we won't rehash it, but great movie.
2: Listen um, to it in our other podcast all about Austin Powers. <laughs>
0: oh man, what a dream that would be.
2: Uh Alright guys, let's... How does it remind you of Hitch? <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> yeah. Ben's favorite movie of all time, Hitch. Yeah, Hitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Better than Endgame Hitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Thor Ragnarok that I Oh I yeah said it was that's right Thor funnier than Thor Ragnarok says Ben <laughs> Hitch is funnier than Thor Ragnarok <laughs> Ben Cron, 2019 Alright
0: guys let's let's get into this movie. Um so Joel, tell me uh what you think uh so first of all, um uh, I've actually never seen this movie. This was the first time that I saw um, this movie, like, in its entirety. Um, ha- I assume you've seen this
3: before, and what do you think about it? Oh, uh, like, the, I think the only time I remember seeing it other than this, it was a long time ago. I only picked it because I knew this was the closest to insane you guys had left <laughs> on the Harrison Ford list. And so I was like, okay, I'll go for it. And uh, revisiting it, I mean, there's some slow parts, but I had some, fo- like, Gary Oldman made it for me. I love Gary Oldman in this a lot. Oh, my God. All those oh, damn and, um, Oh, so good. And, uh, yeah, I, I think we're just on the cusp of crotchety Harrison Ford, so I wasn't, like <laughs> like, super old, bitter Harrison Ford yet. But like, there's some I feel like there's some parts where he's thinking about it <laughs> but it doesn't fully get there. Well, he doesn't And
0: that's why I want to do? He doesn't have oh, a, it's pretty hilarious cuz he does, it there's a long stretch of this movie where he doesn't have any lines. And it's yeah. just like, wow, this is a great performance. He just has to be there in front of a camera.
3: <laughs> Harrison Ford's and favorite thing to scowl. do just be there in front of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> if they gave an Oscar for sneaking, he would have won that year oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be a great category. And this year's
2: <laughs> best sneak, goes... the Nike Award goes to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I will say the, f- the first uh, I'd say the first half of this movie maybe the first two thirds I think are actually pretty good like it's like a great it starts off with as a great kind of action movie and then when like after that plane landing um, or the plane attempting to land I thought it was a really great action sequence And then it kind of turns into this thriller of them being trapped in this plane and yeah, Harrison Ford sneaking around and just like taking dudes out one by one. Um, I, I was really enjoying this movie um, for, um, for a lot of it. Uh, And yeah, Gary Oldman is like basically a huge factor of it. Uh, Also Glenn Close, I think is pretty incredible as, the vice president who just is kind of really just there to like give something for for the movie to do other than like just Harrison Ford sneaking around a plane mm-hmm. yeah um, for sure
1: yeah, I think uh, I tend to agree with you that the first half or so of this movie is actually really solid. Um, I talked last, I think it was the last episode, about my recommendation of Knives Out and how that movie is like my new benchmark for whodunit mystery movies now. Um, whenever I think of like small enclosed space thrillers, I compare them often to Panic Room. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like one of my all time favorite of that kind of genre and I think there are a lot of moments in the early half of this film where it feels very much like that uh, The this tone of like desperation and like just enough realism that you can suspend your disbelief on all the other goofy shit. Um, But it definitely starts to lose that in the second half and go off the wall like, oh, we're in the kind of movie where people deliver one liners again.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I could tell that right from the start right in the first opening, like, raid in that uh, Kazakhstan mansion, because oh, yeah. you're, it's still in the movie era where people just run down a hallway shooting from the hip, just hitting everybody <laughs> they see, and, like, it was just, like, the cheesiest thing in the world. <laughs> so, then I was, and, and, and then you, you throw in, like, perfect characters, like, the... <laughs> the guy that um, is like Gary Oldman's right hand man in this movie, the yes. guy who pilots the movie, who you'd famously know from the Spider-Man Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, of asking Peter Parker for his rent all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I knew I'd seen him somewhere. I couldn't place that though.
0: He's also like he plays this role a lot. Like he he's the guy yeah. who shows up as the like Russian henchman.
2: Yeah, he is in, like right. the. Early Peter Stormare, guy, now <laughs> yeah, just plays true. like the cliche <laughs> Russian guy.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, I was a big fan of the guy that has the one eye from Lost that gingerly gets his neck broken by Harrison Ford. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah!
2: That's very gingerly, he, might I add. He,
3: yeah, he breaks his neck so lightly that he's just like, sleep, sleep. Oh, shit, too hard. A little bit. He,
0: yeah, he almost doesn't, the face that Harrison Ford has, it sounds like, or it looks like he did it on accident. Like, you can hear the yeah. bone crack, and then he's just like, oh, shit, there's a yeah.
3: Is, this, is, this, is this this movie's Han shot first <laughs> like, so I,
1: looking, at the, looking at the trivia um, I saw that this movie was denied a PG-13 rating and Harrison Ford tried to appeal it just by saying hey come on I'm Harrison Ford but they didn't do it and so it, it kept the R rating and I, I, I started thinking to myself while watching this like Okay. Like stuff like where that sound effect is there, I feel like they added that after they were told, well fuck it, it's gonna be R. Just put in a oh, snap yeah. next sound effect.
3: Oh, it's probably true. <laughs> They couldn't fit in enough time for throat rips,
1: so they just put in a few <laughs> yeah. bit of a... Yeah.
3: It's going to be R anyways. Might as well just make it even
1: worse. <laughs>
3: the only thing I could think what would
2: make it rated R are, like, they had some pretty good, like, bullet squibs and blood and stuff. Like
1: that's They did, I yeah. I don't
2: remember any, like, major cussing or anything like that. And there was no like explicit nudity or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't no, so,
1: yeah. I don't know why it, it, there was some. There was definitely some like effective violence, but it wasn't like it wasn't crazy gory or anything. Like I, I'm honestly confused why it was rated R. It's probably mm-hmm.
2: because of all the presidential harassment. <laughs> <laughs> have <laughs> been
1: waiting to get that one out, <laughs> um, all
0: right. Uh, let's back up. Um, sorry that we skipped this, but, <laughs> um, okay, so Harrison Ford plays President James Marshall, all right, um.
2: All right, name. Yeah, that's it's pretty, not the best. It's not the it's best. Pre- it's a white uh, name. It's a white guy yeah. name. <laughs> it, it is
0: too. It's too close to John Doe for me. Like it seems very like. <laughs> yeah. Like there's probably like a thousand James Marshalls, you know. hmm Especially only one president too. Yeah. There's only yeah. one John
2: Book. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, name. Uh, but I feel like they just named him. They gave him the name James, so they could call him Jim. You know, oh, you
2: know it, <laughs> <laughs> which is a so weird. Like it's, I don't
0: know, it's a weird. That's a weird like nickname thing. But <laughs> maybe that's just me. Um, yeah. All right, name. I'd give it. You know, it's in the lower bottom half. But yeah. it's um, like mainly because it's just like it's just a
3: little too generic for me. But. Can you guys just make this thing where Ben just rates every name? <laughs> nice. That's what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're on a good roll. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'll, I'll
0: run down a uh, I'll run down a entire list at the end of the series. So yes, please
1: do.
3: <laughs> so we have a full. <laughs> put them in all in all like a list of all in order. Mm-hmm. What were the best mm-hmm.
1: names through Harrison Ford's career? <laughs> we also didn't get your your thoughts on the opening credits of this one.
0: Oh yeah, the, oh, God. <laughs> First of all, uh, I'm pretty sure, let's just sneak into typography corner real quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that font was Garamond, which is an all right, it's a pretty good font. Yeah. But it's just like. It comes stock on all computers, Ben. So it's not that special. I mean, at at least it wasn't Times New Roman. (laughs) Like that would have really sucked. Um, But, so I appreciate I appreciate that. Solid Serif font. But I think I remember it's just blue text on, on a black... black
2: background. Yeah,
0: right? Yeah, there's like literally nothing else going
1: on. Mm-hmm. It
0: looks like closing credits. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly.
1: I just... I. It's still, it's really funny when we're doing all these different actors and going through their filmography, like you don't, you don't notice when they stop doing the opening credits, but every time you see an opening your credits, you're like, what the fuck is this? Like (laughs) (laughs) Like every time I'm just like, what? Wait. Oh yeah. This was a thing they used to do. It's very (laughs) weird because
0: it, it, it was, it's a union rule. Like they have to have opening credits And that's just lax now, I guess. Like, most movies, I think, don't have them. Or they're, like, they're over, like, the opening scene. So you kind of just miss them.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. you're not really paying attention.
3: I think I read, like, a thing a long time ago that, like, they got around that by making, like, the opening credits, like, right before the ending credits. That's why there's, like, two sets of credits after movies, usually. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That's weird, yeah.
3: Yeah, because the... Um, Star
0: Wars was like the famous one that was like one of the first that didn't have opening credits. And mm. they were just like there's like no way. We can't do it. Like you can't you, you start off with a big logo and then an
1: opening crawl and that's it. No and names. George Lucas is, is like, Don't tell me what I can't
2: do. I do. <laughs> George is the devil. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um all right.
0: So back to this movie. i um let's see. Uh what was the big uh oh so let's talk about this um let's talk about this escape pod.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, go right yeah, to the it's escape going pod to the escape
0: pod. I love it. Oh my god. Um <laughs> a pretty hilarious moment. Uh um so I don't know if you guys it's they make a big um, they take effort to show that the escape pod the door is like open when they shove uh, the president in it Mm -hmm. so I assume every I mean I think watching it now I think, you know, that he's going to stay on the plane. Like you're like, no, the premise of the movie is that he's on this plane.
1: Right. Um,
0: and then that, that Gary Oldman needs to get off the plane. That's the premise of the
2: movie. <laughs> 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 so,
0: um, so yeah, it was never, it was never like a question for me of like, cause they really like milk this whole escape pod thing. Um, And it was never really, uh, like, a question for me, like, if he was actually in it. But I I did enjoy that whole reveal of, like, (laughs) them, the, like, people going to the escape pod and opening the door and, like, no one being in it. And then, like... All of them giving dumb looks at each other.
1: And then they just continue staring into the crowd like, maybe he'll reappear. And then the better part yet, when
2: you totally know he's just going to be on the plane for the whole movie. But then you see Harrison Ford just climbing down out of some random part of an airplane and then slowly
0: turning around as
2: the music swells.
0: Oh, yeah. It's like a weird hero shot. I've been like, yeah, "Yeah, our hero's still in it. He's still going to be in the movie.
3: He never won Oh my God.
0: <laughs> and yeah, then they even like milk it a little further before they tell the vice president and then like the cabinet that he's like not in the escape pod. <clears throat> and then it's, it's like halfway through this whole um, airplane, like sneaking sequence where no one on the plane knows that he's the president like the Gary Oldman yeah. like refers to him as a secret service agent. Um,
1: yeah. Cause they, I mean, I think that worked well from a story perspective. Like they kind of had to make everyone on the plane think that he wasn't on the plane anymore in order for it to work at all. Cause like, from that point on, it just becomes how I play like sneaky video games, like where you just like wait for someone to come around a corner, you knock them out, or you shoot them with a silenced gun, and then like mm-hmm. there's somebody seven feet away, but they somehow didn't hear it, and then you wait for the next person to come along. <laughs> but like if they knew he was still on the plane, like they just would have like straight up gone after him, and yeah, so, true, it, 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 it kind of needed to happen that way, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um going down uh going down the cast list, um there there's a lot of there's a lot of people that um I didn't recognize in this movie, but one standout uh or one standout actor who oh I my. thought was alright in this movie is William H.
2: Macy. I, I knew it. I knew you were gonna bring him up, he's your favorite. <laughs> he is my favorite, he's so cool. <laughs>
1: Uh, That's not, why I like call him
0: coolest dude in Hollywood. Right, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, Not really that good in this movie. He he's The whole, like, all the hostages, um, they, like, really needed some more screen time. Like, I guess they were just in a room the entire movie, so maybe there's just nothing interesting. But I was a little bummed that, like, even with the... The first lady, and then um, the daughter, like in that room, you don't really get to know them either. Mm -hmm. And then, like having a big actor like William H Macy in there to really—he's for being like kind of in the movie the for the entire runtime. He's actually only in like two or three
1: scenes. Um, Yeah, that was very odd. I. I have to imagine that there was stuff that was left on the cutting room floor that involved more of those people because like you really don't you don't cast someone like him e- even back then like he was already in a bunch of big films back then mm-hmm. like I I don't know if he I don't know if that's the way it played out but it, it kind of seems like there were there was more stuff happening in that room that we didn't get to see for like you know pacing reasons um like that the one dude that was in the movie really just for the just for him to deliver the line like i i might get killed next and i'm worried about that and then (laughs) his character arc is literally saying that line and then jumping in front of the president when he is about to get shot (laughs) later it's like wow what character growth from this random ass (laughs) side character that person Mm.
2: got as much character growth as the person who told him how to like that one lady, I can't remember who told him that the fax machine are working or whatever. <laughs> like I don't even know who that is, but she was a yeah. she's a hero. <laughs> it's the only I
0: she's just like an extra for the entire movie. And then she mm-hmm. gets one one scene to shine because she knows about like how the fax machine <laughs> is different than the telephone. <laughs> Wild. <laughs>
3: This just director saw that faxing was becoming a dying medium and he wanted to make sure it stayed alive <laughs> by making it front and center. One
0: last for Yeah. Oh
1: my, my favorite I activist directors putting their agenda into the film. Um, this pro
0: fax machine lobby. Uh, my favorite my favorite weird moment in this movie is when he calls the White House, but he calls it through an operator. So he gets the, uh, he gets like the, um, oh, what is it? It's like the switchboard operator for the white house. Yeah. And the lady doesn't believe him that he's the president and (laughs) he's just like, trace the call then. And she's like, (laughs) okay, just a second.
1: (laughs) i'm like i'm trying to imagine would would someone like that actually have the capability to trace a phone call like if they're just literally like the the, yeah i was like that that's odd okay
0: i needed it to be like it's like hey you need to check the caller id and then she looks at the caller id and it just says potus and she's like oh my god
3: I, (laughs) I, i i love Go Go I, I, I love I love how they just bring him down to earth where like he's able to thwart an entire plane of terrorists but yet he still has to read the manual for a satellite phone <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally.
1: I really wanted that scene though to play out a little differently like I wanted it I wanted it to be where we are introduced to that character on the other end of the phone like earlier on in the movie where he like he shows how personable personable of a president he is by like knowing who she is and knowing about her like pet dog or something and then that's like the information he gives over the phone to confirm it's him. Yeah. You're really
0: the president say something. Only the president would know. Yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted her to do.
1: So bad.
0: Um, all right. Here's one. Here's the one big question that I have about this movie. So Gary Oldman come, he hijacks the plane and his big request is to release a prisoner that um, not America but another country has they have this terrorist like in one of their prisons and he wants that prisoner to get released. Um, something that happens a lot um, in both political thrillers and real life but what happens is um, Harrison Ford finally gives in uh calls the the president of this country and gets this prisoner released. And then um right after he finally takes care of Gary Oldman and like ejects him from the plane, he it's implied I might have missed something, but it's implied that he goes back and basically calls the release off but all you see is the prison guards <laughs> just like
2: shooting the shit they, on oh my god yeah they just
0: open <laughs> yeah. fire on that guy who is yeah. now who is like they've shown him like leaving the jail like signing his like release form
1: getting his uniform back I loved that detail like they just had his <laughs> uniform sitting around <laughs> like, why would they even have that at the jail? That's
0: all. That's all he came in with. He, he came in with the uniform, and that's it. And then they, they yeah, they open fire on him and kill him. And then it shows both the White House and this uh, the like president from this other country like cheering that this guy's dead. Mm-hmm. And I was just like,
3: that'd be really bad if that happened, right? <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of a big deal. <laughs> I, like, left a note for myself that they that said, like, this movie bleeds red, white, and fuck you. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, very much. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, he was a terrible guy. And, like, they, they did a good job at, like, making it seem like he was just the worst person ever. But also, he was, like, a, he was not a prisoner. He was a free, I mean, like, it was just weird that, like, the guards just open fired on him like kind of out of nowhere and it was just like it was like holy shit like this is like this is like the beginning of a war like this is what starts wars and it's the the movie makes it seem like it's a huge victory and it was uh, it was odd
1: yeah It's weird yeah i the geopolitics of this movie were very muddled for me i I, like i was having a hard time following like i i understood that the guys on the plane were russian but like the main reason i knew that is because in the first five minutes of the movie harrison ford is introduced in a way where we find out he speaks russian so i'm like well the terrorists are definitely going to be russian (laughs) yeah but he, he never speaks russian again right uh, he, he, does. he lures
2: he, a guy in with Russian yeah yeah oh, on the plane yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: or they like they send a guy down into the below deck area and then he like takes him out and somebody shouts down after to see if he's okay I think mm. and then doesn't he say he's like da or something. <laughs> he's just like <laughs> so, he says something like yeah we're good yeah yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh wild um okay so then uh I, I don't know do we want to Break down the 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 fight scene um, between uh, Gary Oldman and Harrison
1: Ford. Um, um, it, I I thought that fight was all right. I mean, it, it was. I don't know. At that point in the movie, I was starting to lose some interest, and just because it was getting a little too wacky. But I thought that it was nice to have them on screen together finally, since they'd only been speaking over like telephones and stuff since true. then. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was really, the movie started to go really downhill once all the hostages uh, escaped and they all took parachutes. And they yeah. they were instructed <laughs> by by my boy, William H. Macy, <laughs> oh, to yeah. open their parachutes <laughs> immediately after jumping out of the plane, which is extremely dangerous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that
2: <laughs> really <laughs> that really got me questioning. Um, I, my favorite part about that was the awful blue or green screening they were doing as they were offline guests. The fax machine yeah. lady was like, Oh look at the view! Oh my god! This is great! I'm like, oh my god, all your friends were getting shot up there earlier. Have a little remorse, <laughs> would you? She, little she little watched like three
3: people be executed in front I know, of her. Right? <laughs> Yeah and oh, then when- yeah, crack it open. Yeah, crack <laughs> it. Oh, Jesus. I was trying to hide <laughs> it. Uh
0: yeah, then when that guy uh the guy blows the door off and a bunch of them like get <laughs> blown out of the plane. The green screen, they show a guy falling and the green screen on that guy is pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <clears throat>
1: the 90s it's so much I mean, all, the, all the a lot of the other effects i thought were actually really solid because you could tell they were using real models or actual mm-hmm. aircraft like you mm-hmm. think they actually the, blew up that plane that refueling yeah. oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i mean they blew up something because it looked like a real explosion they yeah. didn't have that kind of simulation tech back then i'm a, uh but yeah go for it. keep going well, yeah, I was just going to say like all the the dogfighting sequences were actually like really well done and stuff. I I thought that those looked pretty cool. Besides the like when pretty much any time they had to superimpose a human being next to a vehicle, like then it looked really terrible, but yeah.
2: I have to commend speaking of the pilots. The the one pilot who took a missile for the president Oh my god, yeah. Oh, yeah. The one guy in the plane was like, I'm going to take this bullet for him. And then they were like, oh no, Mig shot a missile. So he does the same thing with his fighter jet. I'm like, that is some (laughs) bullshit right there. But what a hero.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what a hero. (laughs) Uh, Um, Wow, I I, I remember seeing that, but I forgot it was from this movie. I almost. and like remembering it from a different movie that I saw. Weird.
1: <laughs> so, I I do want to talk about the the hijacking itself because I honestly think that is like the the highest point of the movie for me. I thought that whole sequence of them actually taking over the plane oh. and then like almost having it do a emergency landing but then getting it to take back off again mm-hmm. was pretty fucking rad. Like when they had it on the ground and like swerving between uh, lanes and stuff like that was pretty sweet. Mm
2: -hmm. I would. Yeah, I'd agree. And it was terrifying. Like when all of those guys got up and were like getting all the guns and shit, I'm like, oh, my
1: God. Like, yeah, that was (laughs) legit.
3: Yeah, I thought. I, I love the reveal of like the secret service guy. Like usually, like in movies like that, they'll just like hide it where it's like it was me all along, but they show it right away. So every time they throw him a gun, it's like, no. uh-huh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was pretty good.
1: I you kept waiting for the the switch to happen too, like where he would like reveal yeah. that he was part of the bad guy team, but it doesn't happen until the very fucking end. Which like I don't really get that. I guess I was he just like. Kind of playing both sides a little bit to see who would win out, or I think what. So. Like, yeah, it was weird, but it, yeah that that final confrontation there, when you think the movie's practically over, and then he like tries to steal the zipline from Harrison Ford. Yeah, that was very odd because, yeah, I guess he at that point he
0: just thought that he wasn't going to get off the plane, so he mm-hmm. was just like, all right, now it's time to to finally kill the president so i can get off this plane it yeah. seemed like he waited a little too long like he could
1: have he could have done something earlier but yeah the part that was i mean i liked that whole sequence where he sets up the the whole like you know the standing dominoes that come crashing down but it, we didn't really get to see any reason why he would want to do that. Like there, we had no sense of his motivation or like why he would be loyal to some Russian yeah. terrorists. Yeah. So that was a little strange that they didn't touch on that at all. But, it, I mean, it worked pretty well just for that sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, he had like plausible deniability throughout the whole rest of the movie because the only thing he did really was shoot a couple of dudes and open up the armory in the, the mm-hmm. aircraft. And no one saw him at all.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did like the line where it was like, um, where Harrison Ford was like, I trusted you. And he was like, and so will the next president. And it's like, yeah. damn, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dylan. Um, all right. Uh, let's get into final thoughts, shall we?
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, for every movie, we'll give... we give Harrison Ford a rating of one to five Harrisons um so Joel you want to start us off with your final thoughts
3: yeah uh I I mean I thought it was insane some parts for sure but like uh going through like like how you guys said especially at the beginning I really I was really on board I just think that for this one in particular I feel like Harrison Ford almost kind of got overshadowed by Gary Oldman (laughs) like uh I mean he was he was fine mostly throughout, but man, I was digging Gary Oldman like all the way through. Like he was even like having scenes where he would be like raising like actually like good points and people would just be like Whatever <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, but, but you're like, Russian, uh, so
3: no <laughs> <laughs> It's like yeah, I don't know. But I I I love Gary Oldman all the way through and I think that almost kinda of overshadows Harrison Ford in this, so like, uh I'd probably give him like a good two Harrisons. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. N- Neil. Uh,
2: yeah. So, I I found that I I did mostly enjoy this um, for the most part. Yeah, Gary Oldman does steal the show, I must say. Um, but you know, a, a lot of supporting cast is also really it's it's good. Uh, Again, kind of like how we were saying in Clear and Present Danger, Harrison Ford is kind of just there uh, just to be like the main character, pretty much. Granted, he does more in this than he does did in the last one that we were reviewing. So, uh, but, you know, as we were kind of saying before, the first like two thirds, half of this movie is quite good, quite thrilling. And then it does get into that cheesy, I'm going to say, get off my plane, and then you're going to fly out of the plane kind of a thing and die. Um, so there is that. But all things being said, you know, pretty fun, pretty good. I'm going to give it a three out of five Harrisons.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Tyler? Yeah, I... Um, I legitimately enjoyed this movie, despite like some of the '90s cheesiness. I, I think that this is like, it's a better action film than uh, the Fugitive, but it's not as good of a movie. Um, so I think uh, I think I'm gonna give this movie three and a half Harrisons. I I really did enjoy it, and I would I think it's like a must watch of his filmography. Um, I'm my only thing i'm gonna have trouble with from here on out is i think that these are really starting to run together in my brain now so like (laughs) i'm i cannot a week from now if you tell if you told me that like if you described a scene from like the fugitive and told me it was in force one i'd probably believe you like it's just it's gonna be difficult i think to like Pick apart any of his roles meaningfully, um, other than like the really standout ones that have a completely different setting, like Star Wars or you know, uh, Blade Runner, but like it's just. It's starting, I'm starting to feel that fatigue of the, the middle Harrison years, um, despite it being enjoyable to watch. Like, I just, I'm a little, like, wary now of what we're in for in the second half of his <laughs> year. Uh, let's, let's see if Anne A&H Heche can
2: pull him up by the bootstraps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with all of you guys. Um yeah, I'm gonna give this a three three Harrisons. Uh I think it's it's solid work. Um uh, he's he definitely gets overshadowed by Gary Oldman. Um this is this is a fucking five out of five gold, um Oldmans. Uh, but honestly what <laughs> <Yeah>. movie isn't <laughs> uh, um even Glenn Close is incredible. I really enjoyed uh like her role in this movie. And I thought she does an incredible job and yeah, Harrison Ford is really good in this movie, but yeah, it's the problem. This is like, this is like, so the celebrity mode of Harrison Ford where he's just kind of just the same. It's just, everyone calls him president in this movie. That's the only difference. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought I, I, I did really enjoy this and yeah, I'd recommend it. And I think that there is a lot of fun to be had and there's a lot of, um, thrilling moments, um, in this movie. So yeah, three out of five, uh, for me. So let's wrap this up guys and get to recommendations. So, uh, Joel, you have something to recommend for us?
3: Uh yeah, uh, I saw like a smaller indie movie not too long ago called The Art of Self Defense. It has um Jesse Eisenberg in it, and uh I th- the only the best way I can explain it is that it's like the perfect marriage of uh Napoleon Dynamite and Fight Club.
1: Dude, I'm <laughs> awesome. in. There.
3: I'm in. Awesome. <laughs> like uh, Jesse Eisenberg pretty much plays uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Where like one day walking home from work, he just gets jumped by a bunch of uh, like uh, thugs and gets his wallet stolen. So to try and defend himself, he goes to like a strip mall karate school that like takes themselves way too seriously. Like <laughs> they follow their they're like uh, they have like a picture of their sensei. Who like apparently killed some killed the three best masters in the county by uh, putting his index finger through their foreheads, and then he thought he and then he thought he was so great that he took all the colors of the belt and stitched them together to make his own belt. Nice. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But no, like it just it just goes on from there, and everyone is like so soft spoken throughout that you you can honestly see how masculinity. Ge- masculinity can be like pathetic looking and i i loved it god
2: i've been all i've been (laughs) hearing is great stuff about that movie too Uh,
3: it's so good
0: (laughs) nice so would you say it's a comedy or does it lead more to a comedy
3: yeah it's definitely more of a comedy like uh it's almost kind of like an absurdist comedy like there gets to be parts where like he like uh, bucks up to like these three guys in the break room that always pick on him and then he's like all right guys let's do push-ups and they just all do push-ups <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's that definitely that definitely sounds like Napoleon Dynamite ask yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: that's awesome yeah I I've heard a lot of great things but I've just I have yet to watch it so I maybe need to bump it up to the top top of my list um neil yeah what's Uh, your recommendation
2: my recommendation is uh a series that came out quite recently uh in december uh on netflix and it is the witcher series uh this is if you're not familiar with the witcher it is actually like um it began as a set of books which i guess takes more like the this series takes more um source material from, but it's a Polish set of books um, that revolve around like kind of like, think like a game of Thrones esque type universe where it's like, there's magic and creatures and things like that. And it revolves around what they call these witchers, which are like mutated humans, essentially that have like (coughs) kind of semi-supernatural powers and all they do is hunt like different like beasts and crazy like different things like witches and other like things from polish and slavic lore um all they do is like hunt that stuff for money like they're just essentially monster hunters um for hire um, and it just revolves around uh, that character and then a bunch of and then like a couple of like witches and a mage and other things like that so I mean you really have to like be into the fantasy realm to kind of like the show it is um it's quite bizarre Um and like it can be kind of hard to grasp like if you're looking for it to make sense uh, I wouldn't look that far into it. It's it's um, it's it's, cr- it's pretty crazy. But like if you have ever played any of the Witcher games that have come out from the CG CD Project Red company, like Witcher 3 is an incredible, incredible, incredible like video game. And Henry Cavill, who plays the Witcher in the show, takes a lot of inspiration from that that character in that game. Um, and uh, he's very familiar with a lot, the uh, the source material. And like, I think he's a pretty incredible part. Um, it has some awesome, like fight choreography in the show. Um, there's like a fight scene in the first episode and then there's one and, uh, I'm not a hundred percent done with it, but like the fourth or fifth episode, there's another one that's just really awesome. Like, it's just pretty, it's like high action, like, for the fight scenes but like beyond that it's just got weird lore and like just bizarre stuff going on so if like if you're into the fantasy genre The Witcher is something I'd highly recommend so check it out it's on
1: Netflix great yeah I, I only watched the first episode but I I was like I'm pleasantly surprised it was uh, Henry Cavill fucking nails that role I've, I've not played through a ton of The Witcher games but like he i thought he would be too clean cut of a an actor like i mean he played superman for god's sakes like i didn't know if he'd pull off this like super gritty fantasy thing but man he like he sells it hard yeah so i'm in to watch more for sure
2: definitely uh
1: tyler what's your recommendation sure yeah so uh uh Uncharacteristically, I've actually had time to watch a few things over the holidays. Um, I am going to recommend a couple of movies uh, that are both on streaming right now. Uh, the first one is *Marriage Story* on Netflix. Um, this is the new Noah Baumbach movie, and it is it stars Scarlett Johansson, which we did a, a season on her, and Adam Driver, which. If we get a chance to do a season on him at some point, would be, I think, fucking fantastic because I love literally everything he's in, uh, and this movie is no exception. Marriage Story is, it's a, it's kind of a wild ride. Like it, it's basically just a cautionary tale of divorce, and. The movie starts off with the two, like, it it literally just starts with the disillusion of their marriage. Like, they are deciding to get divorced, and then it's them trying to navigate both how their relationship, like, continues from that point and what it, um, what it, I guess, what it means to get divorced. Like, people, you know, if you've not been divorced yourself and you just know other people who have been, it just kind of sounds like, it sounds like the opposite of marriage, right? Like, it's just like, oh, we decided to get together and get married, and then we decided to get divorced, and that, that was it. And sometimes we're angry, sometimes we're not, whatever. But this movie is like, you just realize what a process divorce is and how, how much more complicated it is than getting married. Like, when you when you get married to someone, you, like, intertwine yourself with them in a way that makes it impossible To separate in a way that like doesn't cut things, you know, and so I think this movie—not that I know that from experience, but that's what this movie shows, right? Like it it is incredibly powerful. Like I I watched it with my wife, and like at the end of it, we both just kind of sat there silent and saying, like, I don't ever even if we ever even if we ever stop loving each other I don't ever want to do that to each other you know like it was it's fucking rough Um, that's probably the best response that you (laughs) can (laughs) get yeah so uh I, I mean, I highly recommend it, but it is it's difficult to watch, um, but it is streaming on Netflix, so if you have that it's an easy thing to check out and then I did just want to give a quick uh, recommendation also on um, a documentary called They Shall Not Grow Old uh, and this is currently available on HBO uh, but this is the restored World War One footage that uh, was directed and um, helmed by Peter Jackson and they developed this Incredible technology to upscale and like HDFI this super old World War One footage, and the amount of the attention to detail here is incredible. Like they, um, they literally show the first twenty minutes or so of the film um, in the original format, so just black and white and like a really small square in the middle of the screen. And you're like, oh, wow, this is like it's really cool to even just watch this stuff. Right. And hear like voiceovers from uh, actual men who fought in the war throughout the whole thing. And then about 20 minutes in, they they do this transition where they transition from that square, small black and white image and have it fill the screen and like filter it to be HD and in color. And it is Mind blowing how much detail they were able to get out of such horrible footage, and it just like turns it all into something that feels alive and real. And like, it's this is a war that was um, primarily fought with like horses and shit. And it's we have like HD footage of it now, it's incredible. So, do not skip out on that at all like even even if you're not huge into like war films or documentaries or anything like just at least go skip through it and check out some of the sequences that they converted because it's absolutely astonishing what they were able to do
2: Mm. um i actually watched and i can't i'm i'm sorry i'm it's blanking on me where i saw it it was some youtube channel and might have been i can't remember but i saw the making a part of the making of that. And Mm -hmm. they were talking about how the frame rate is so different, like in order to get it to like 60 frames or 30 frames a second or whatever it is, like how that needs to be adjusted to fill in the gaps and things like that. And that, and also that entire movie is all seen like splice by splice hand painted. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like that had to have taken forever.
0: Do you mean how they colorized <laughs> they it? They
2: colorized it, yeah.
1: Right. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They. It, it's incredible. They. They even like. To bring it even more to life, they hired like folly artists to do sound effects and like <laughs> recreate everything that's happening on screen. And then they even had like professional lip sync uh, lip readers to yeah. d- try to decipher mm-hmm. what the people were saying so that they could add voiceovers for all the characters that are shown all the all the men in the, that are shown yeah. in the scenes. So it's like it's unreal. I, I mean. There's not a ton of footage of them actually fighting for, like, obvious reasons. That would be incredibly difficult with the type of equipment they had back then. But there's just so many, like, little moments of men in the trenches, like, trying to go about their lives while they're being bombarded and shelled, like, every minute of the day. It's so cool. I mean, it really... There are certain movies that just, like... uh, Certain documentaries that just give you a sudden appreciation for something that you just... Only gave a passing thought to until that moment, and this is one of them. Hmm. Well,
0: yeah, that's uh, that's two movies that I need to catch up on. Um, I also think uh, they shall not grow old. I think it's coming back to theaters. Um, okay, or maybe yeah, it's already awesome. gone. But uh, yeah, that yeah that that documentary looks so good, and marriage story. I am dying to watch it but oh man I like can't I can't like I don't have the like uh the like emotional power to hit play on that movie
1: you know I I, I did say that it's powerful I I, I don't want to like overstate it though I think it's t- it's very watchable like it, mm-hmm. it's in in fact it's quite funny at times um, but I mean just the the overall experience is definitely a huge downer um, and I will say too since we uh, did Scarlett Johansson on this podcast I it's almost unfortunate that she's playing opposite Adam Driver here because I think her performance in this movie is absolutely is one of the best she's ever done in her career but it is unfortunately she's outshone by Adam Driver in <laughs> yeah. this movie giving literally one of his best performances yeah. he's ever given <laughs> so it like it's kind of sucks for her but like together the two of them are like a real force on screen so uh,
3: I was watching like the first half hour of this last night and I was loving it but it really hit home because I've, I've been part of a community theater close to where I live and I've seen that relationship so many times where it's married couples that are oh. trying to like, where like the director's like the husband or the wife and trying to direct oh, no. the other one and they just like, it slowly bleeds into their own like
1: personal life or it's right. like, oh no. Yikes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's, a, it's an interesting, obviously it comes from a place like where when a filmmaker makes a film about something they know, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it becomes more powerful that way, but it also works as just a great metaphor for like someone in a relationship being more controlling and more, um, I don't know, like the the leader, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, and so that, that's really interesting. But somehow they still, even though like Adam Driver's character does a ton of terrible shit in this movie, they still make him so relatable and sympathetic. Like it's mm-hmm. it's awesome.
0: Does he kill Han Solo?
1: <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh my spoilers.
0: God. Sorry, spoilers. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, I would like to. Uh, um. I'd like to recommend a video game. Uh, I'd like to recommend the game After Party. Um, this is from Night School Studios. Uh, they, um, prior to this, uh, most notably, I think they did the game Oxenfree, uh, which is definitely like kind of a successor, or the After Party is a, a kind of a successor to that game. Um, this is. Uh, I guess I would call it like, it's kind of like a point and click adventure um, where you are playing two friends who um, have died and gone to hell. And over the course of exploring hell, they figure out that there's a loophole that they can return to earth if they, if they beat the devil in a drinking contest (laughs) (laughs) so the game is basically follows you going from bar to bar and beating people in a drinking contest until you're worthy enough to face the devil himself and um, the the gameplay basically the gameplay hook um, is the conversations you're Going from bar to bar, your the two characters are talking to each other, and you get to make uh, like conversation choices. Um, and that's really the game. It's conversations. It's you talking to each other and talking to demons and other like inhabitants of hell. And but the one cool thing uh, since the entire game. Takes place mostly in bars. Uh, you get drinks. You can order drinks, and then, uh, as you would do with an alcoholic beverage, you would drink them and then get drunk. And uh, getting, uh, depending on what drink you you have, it unlocks or it opens up uh, other conversation choices that you have. Um, uh while you are like under the the effects of that alcohol right and so so you can be like talking to a demon and you'll get your choices and usually you get 3 choices but then one choice will be grayed out and it'll be like a different color than uh than the other three choices and then if if it's the color of the drink you have you can just chug your your beer until you get that uh, (laughs) to get that option uh, opens up. Um, It's a very funny game. I think the writing and the humor is like the standout of this game. It's so funny. Uh, Obviously you are in hell, so there's some very crude humor. Uh, The first bar you go to there is a someone is throwing their birthday party and that person is a serial killer, so um, that's kind of the humor you should expect. Uh, it's very much like you're in hell, and so everyone's there for a reason. Um, but yeah, it's it's so funny. Um, I think it's so well done. There's a lot of like references to like Dante's Inferno about like the seven circles of hell or. Yeah, right. Seven.
1: Yeah, think Um,
0: so. Are there circles too? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, So yeah, there's a lot of. It's. I think that the setting, they have just such. They've created such this genius setting for a video game. It's so fun, and to set it to the background of like shitty nightlife is kind of incredible. Um, the one caveat. Will say about this game is that it does not run well. Um, and it's very weird. Yeah, it's very weird how well like kind of poorly it runs. Um most of the time when you're like in conversation, it will run great, and you won't notice anything, but there are moments where you can tell you can tell the game starts to load something and it just starts to chug. Um, hmm. I'm playing this on the Xbox One X. Ah, there's your which, problem,
2: Xbox. Yes. <laughs> I,
0: I, hey, I've heard it's the most powerful console in gaming, so I don't know. Yeah, Microsoft said so. <laughs> yep. Um, that's what this press kit says. Uh, um, so, but I've also heard that it it is almost it runs almost the same on every system. I think it's on PlayStation 4 and it's on the computer. I'm not sure if it's on anything else. Um Oxenfree like made it to everywhere, like including mobile. So I assume after party will make it to everything eventually, mm-hmm. but I really hope they like squash some bugs in this game cuz there is um, there there's moments where you have to take a taxi from one bar to the other and it is a taxi you're driving over like lakes of lava and you can just see the frame rate just drop like <laughs> uh like so much in those scenes it's very it's very weird um especially <laughs> cuz this is not a I mean, this is a small team, but it's not a very like graphically intensive
1: game. So mm-hmm. uh, that that premise is absolutely bonkers. So I'm definitely interested to try it out. Is this? Uh, did I hear that this is on Game Pass? Is that right? Yes, it is. Okay, cool. Then I'll definitely have to give it a go. Uh,
0: yeah, it's very it's very worthwhile. Um, it's definitely if you're. I mean the The dialogue makes or breaks this game and, and, and the voice acting as well and I think it's just so superb that I think it's like um, hopefully very soon they will fix the performance of this game but even that I don't think will ruin just the fun that you'll have with um, all these just really fun characters that they've made it's mm-hmm. It's a pretty um pretty uh fun game. So, that's After Party. Um go play it. Uh guys, that's it for this episode of Credits Due. Uh thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening in and thank you Joel for um coming in and guesting.
3: Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, man. Done um it.
0: Where can uh where can people uh, find your work and reach out f- to you?
3: Well, uh, you can find me on my Twitter at bucky4everyone. Uh bucky number 4 everyone. Uh me and my friend Troy have a show called The Review Review Podcast. Review spelled like uh how you review things and <laughs> the other review being spelled like uh like a theatrical uh show. <laughs> 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 and uh uh, when this comes out, we'll have our uh, top 10 of 2019 list out where we review all the movies that we've seen over the year Ooh, and nice. rate them. So check that out when you see it. And uh, also little known fact about me. I'm also an independent wrestler on weekends. So if you ever want to check out my work, check out independentwrestling.tv. Uh, and you can get that for 20 days free if you use the promo code ZOWALIVE. Z-O-W-A-LIVE so check it out
0: Nice. nice uh yeah put that in the show notes and i'll include it i'll include it in this episode's show notes right on very cool very cool um all right so uh i hope you'll uh join us again for our next episode where we'll be talking about six days and seven nights um Very uh I this is another movie that I don't think I've seen, even though it looks quite familiar. uh, My
2: mom loves this movie, so I've seen it a couple of times.
0: (laughs) Nice. Nice. Uh looking forward to it. So uh until then,
1: Tyler, why don't you uh give us some plugs yourself? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler Owen and uh yeah, that's pretty much it. You can find me Twitter.
2: Uh wait no, you can find me on Twitter at <laughs> your t- you Twitter. I am yeah, Twitter. You can find me at Twitter. <laughs> you got this. Nah, you can find me at Dino Neil Man on Twitter. Cool, and you
0: can find my uh, music podcast called Pivotal Tracks, where I interview musicians about an, an important song in their life. Um, and you find that uh, anywhere that you downloaded this show. And you follow Credits Due on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. Uh, until our next episode, where we'll be talking about Six Days, Seven Nights, uh, thank you again for listening. Thank you again for uh, watching along with us and remember as always get off my plane
2: gosh you went out with the most iconic one i love it <laughs>